just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. just want to let everybody know this could be Brian's last podcast um, <laughs> for reasons that we can't re-air, but there's a good chance he could be in jail after today. So, hi, Brian. I've watched a, a lot of Law & Order. I can defend myself. Oh, Objection. Yeah. You're like, uh, you're prepared to be the Sam, what's his, Sam, what's his name? Sam uh, Water, Waterston? Ah, uh, yes. Right? Did I nail it? You did. I got it. I got it. Sweet. Jack McCoy. Jack McCoy. There you go. I did. I make that joke in class all the time that I went to the law school of law and order. Does anybody understand it? Probably not. It probably is too data of a reference. Is that show even on anymore? Just CSI I was going to or... ask you if it was still on. It's probably know. like law and order. Um, there's who knows what spinoff. I, I can. I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never. I never got into like uh, special victims or for the one with Vincent D'Onofrio, but. Boy, I tell you, like the right the right day and the mood strikes me, I'll watch four episodes of Law and Order in a row on TNT. They hook you, you in. Dude, they really do. Do you feel like you're you're learning while you're doing it? Like you could go and, you know, represent yourself? <laughs> no. No, you I don't think so. You don't think so? Not at all, huh? No. But like it's the CSI effect or whatever, right? We we, we misunderstand how the law works because we see it on TV. Have you heard you heard of that? What do you mean? That like juries apparently they have tr- they have tr- prosecutors have trouble because juries jury members expect like super clear cut technical DNA evidence from shows like CSI That's and that funny. sort of thing and so it's hard for them to get prosecuted get get convictions because juries are like well where the fuck is the you know where's the where's evidence? the the blood spatter analysis and where's the the DNA and where's the this and that and they're like well we don't have that shit most of the time it's you know expensive or maybe it's just not something that we had at the crime scene so too much dexter yeah csi effect yeah i feel like donald trump probably watched a lot of law and order like i'm sure it's just i could see him watching a lot of law and order which means that he'll be uh, fine in this this next step the impeachment <laughs> process i can't i can't tell this story because it's not mine and i'm not sure how we could how we could get him on the podcast to tell it donald trump I, but no <laughs> marcus marcus Porosky, who uh teaches at you and with me uh, tells the story of he was on he was on jury duty. It may have been the only time he did it. I just had jury duty. That's why I was thinking about it. But um, he said he watched a guy. I it was it was like a it was a serious crime. I want to think it was a violent crime. It wasn't murder or something. But I think it was like assault or assault and battery or something like that. Aggravated assault, um, something like that. But the guy the the guy defended himself, uh, and he got off. No way. Yeah. Damn. Like, yeah, which is funny. Apparently, he would they had him like again. This is me butchering Marcus's story, which would just make him mad. But I guess he the the judge came in and tells him and tells them after the fact, like they have him cooked on this other thing and he's going to jail anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but I guess he had done it before and had done it, he defended himself and gotten off before against the same prosecutor, really. Yeah, so he just owned this guy. He was. Um, I think. I think it was more like the prosecutor wasn't great, and the guy was good at just sort of like chumming the water enough to kind of create the illusion of of reasonable doubt. I don't know. Is this how you envision the first 
three minutes and 30 seconds of this podcast. I mean, there isn't a lot just of total stream of consciousness. There's not a lot of sports talk, but you know, there's people out there who want to just hear our voices. It's how they go to yeah. bed at night. Didn't Ted Bundy represent himself? <laughs> Didn't know. he try to? The co-ed killer. Wasn't that Ted Bundy? I'm sorry. I'm Googling no, you're it. Uh, uh, you, I, man, you got to think they tell you not to do that shit. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll be representing myself. See, no, do that's they, a terrible idea. Do they? Don't, don't do that. Do they actually say that, or is that again just something we see in TV? Like five, maybe they don't. Moments. Ted Bundy. I guess does it. I think he did defend himself. Oh, Ted. 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 Five. Five of the most bizarre moments of Ted Bundy's murder trials. One is escapes from jail pre-trial twice. Yeah. 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 Puts himself on the stand. You, uh, yeah, um, this is a sports show. Well, that's for, our, yeah, it's for our serial killer. But there are plenty of those, so we can just mix the two. People need to have both. John yeah. told me to, John Reef, our shared compadre, uh, told me to read the psychopath test. I read it in one day, or like audiobook. I didn't read it. But yeah, oh, it's yeah, so yeah. great. It's a great, great. It's yeah. crazy. John, have you, have you read that or listened to it? Uh, I read the, I John read Ronson's book. John Ronson is so great. I love yeah. him. Uh, but it's fantastic. Good, good, good book. Because that's the book that has a whole story of like a guy who he was pleads insanity to get out of going yeah. to jail and sort of is insane. And so they won't let him out of. Yeah, that's the whole like he's the he's the structure of the book, right? And it comes in yeah. back and forth and back and forth. So um yeah, I dig it. I dig it. So I got to find my next. But so that means that over the course of two days, all of my other true crime podcasts have been collecting on my phone. So I'll be good for the weekend of, yeah, good. of doing nothing um, but listening to podcasts. Thinking about murder. God damn, it's an obsession. Did you watch The Confession Killer on Netflix? No. I told John to watch that, and he watched no. it in like two days. Fantastic. Go go uh, consume it because it's, it's real good. Real good. So true, true crime fans. That's that's those are, those are your recommendations for today. <laughs> this is this is not on our docket, but maybe is a good transition. Did you see all these NFL players that are going to go to jail for uh, defrauding? Ooh, let's the, talk about that. The the, the, the NFL's um, like their yeah. Care, right? There was some big names. Um, yeah, let, who was it? Let's. It's like a big running back name. Uh, uh, Clinton Portis. Clinton, Clinton Portis, Portis for sure. He did, Broncos, absolutely. Eh? Yeah. Um, he was he the trade for uh, Champ Bailey, right? Weren't they? They trade. Yeah. Isn't this Champ nuts? Bailey. Is Champ Bailey on there too? No. No, no, no. He wasn't. He wasn't on there. Champ there, Bailey's on this list of the, the fraudsters? No, no. Wasn't Clinton Portis traded for Champ Bailey? I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You might be right. Uh, Carlos Rogers. That seems like it was one? a long time ago. Prosecutors alleged. Yeah. So all these dudes were like. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Continue. Go ahead. No, you, you got it. It sounds like you actually know. I was going to guess. Like my my rec- my my understanding, of what they did is like they turned in all these fraudulent claims against the the healthcare benefit program to the tune of like millions of dollars or something. Uh, three point nine yeah. million in fraudulent and false claims were submitted to the plan, paid out more than three point four million between June two thousand seven and last December on the claims. Wow, that's interesting. Oh uh, shit! You hate to see it. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, so it was part of. 
<laughs> prosecutors allege uh, prosecutors allege the players targeted the Gene Gene Upshot NFL player health reimbursement action plan, which was established as part of collective bargaining in 2006. It provides tax free reimbursement of out of pocket medical care expenses that were not covered by insurance that were incurred by former players, their spouses, or and independents. Yeah, I mean, it's not like ugh, it's a kind of a seedy. It's a, it's a pretty shitty yeah. thing what they did, you know, like ugh. well. And it sounds like it was crazy stuff, like in-home barometric chambers and yeah, stuff like that. I, I had to pay for mine. I guess you. Just, I guess you just found out you could turn in whatever, and they kind of said yes, and and then it got. That's what I do. Control. Much- I mean, the real question is: Is Clinton Portis going to defend oh, himself? Do do do. Perhaps yes. if Ted Bundy <laughs> was still alive, he could ask him for some advice. Yeah. It seems like an open and shut case. If they're like, "Here's the claim you filed. Here's the money you got paid." That is. Speaking of trouble, I assume they'll they'll strike some sort of. Speaking of the NFL, we wanted to talk about Joshua Gordon, who seems to be continuing his string of being in trouble with the NFL, suspended indefinitely for violating the NFL's policies on performance enhancing substances and substances of abuse. Why did you want to talk about this? Aside from the fact that Josh Gordon probably does have some mental health issues that are not being treated. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's there's there's a couple of interesting questions that we could some some paths we could go down. One is we know that at the winter meetings that there's a new a new deal for baseball players in terms of the the drug tests that they have to take, right? No, tell me about this. That they're 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 taking marijuana okay. off yeah. the list yeah, yeah. for baseball players. They're no longer going to test them for marijuana, which seems to be sort of in line with the cultural move against. Or not, I guess, in favor of marijuana, or at least against um, criminalizing marijuana. But that, I mean, that's a lot of what got Josh Gordon in trouble. Yes, right. Was 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 failing drug tests. I think I I I, I could be wrong about this, but I think a lot of them were were sort of marijuana related. Um, this one looks a little bit different because it sounds like there might be some PED issues as well as some some marijuana issues. But Josh Gordon's just such an interesting character. He seems like the type of dude who people like the redemption story even though we've heard it like five or six times and people seem to have a soft spot for the dude i feel like i do personally that when i heard he was coming back to the patriots i was excited when they let him go and he signed with the seahawks and caught a touchdown last weekend i was like oh that's you know good for that guy kind of pulling his life together stuff and i don't know it's 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 bizarre where where we um as fans sort of vilify people for doing this sort of stuff versus where like you know a johnny manzel maybe it's his personality he's had struggles with you know off the field stuff some of it you know um i, I think drug and alcohol related and i, I think people are sort of you know there's a shot in for it they're mm-hmm. like yeah fuck that guy um and, and i don't know what it is if it's personality if it's if it's you know cultural if it's i mean i think there's there's okay reasons to think that maybe not in this case but in certain situations yeah. race plays into it um I, I have in my mind i was in denver during the 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 von miller saga you know where he was failing urine analysis tests and you know he like deliberately accidentally spilled a drug test. Um, and it seemed like it was possible that dude was going to get suspended for a long time and, and maybe kind of go the Josh Gordon route. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's here, but there's something, there's something. Yeah, the NFL as it. an institution isn't really set up to handle mental health issues at all. and never really has been. So, I mean, as much as you have certain healthcare costs, like we just talked about being responded to, those are physical care uh, response or responses to physical care. The NFL does not have the, infrastructure to handle mental health and you would think because of i mean it's like it's like any 
slice of the population. You're going to have people who are who have mental health issues, and the NFL just doesn't know how to deal with it. And I think that this is this is kind of a shitty way of. I mean, this is the way that they're. This is the tool they have, right, to handle it is, is suspension. But I think I don't know if you read any of Pete Carroll's uh, comments on the suspension, which. I like Pete Carroll. I don't know what he did at USC. It's probably some pretty shady stuff, and he knew a lot of things. But I think that he is a, a player's first coach, and players appreciate that. And he just made some comments about really needing to support Josh uh, as he handles some of these issues. And he said it a few times in a few different ways. And so, I mean, obviously, this is a guy who sees those players in really, really intense situations. And I think, I guess my other my point being there is that um, – I wonder if the Patriots knew what were going was going on, and whether or not Bill Belichick is a coach that is is kind of capable of handling that kind of stuff. Not to say that he is to blame whatsoever, but I think like it's 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 it says more about the culture of the NFL, is my point, than uh, perhaps about Josh Gordon. Sure, I mean those coaches are obviously on the opposite end of the spectrum. Belichick definitely, by all by all accounting, seems to be a you know get with the program or get the fuck out sort yeah. of the dude. Yeah, um, Pete Carroll definitely seems to you know. Uh, for on the, again, outside looking in, seems to genuinely care about his players. I'm sure Belichick likes his players too, but um, his, his managerial style is 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 definitely different. Um, how that links up with, uh, you know, conduct violations or or drug policy violations is um, another another kind of interesting question. I don't know. I, like, I don't care if players smoke pot. I guess the PED thing is is definitely something different, but. Um, the narratives that we sort of hang on people about those things are, are super interesting. It is. It is. Uh, oh, man, I, do you think that we're getting more, uh, what's the word, thoughtful about how we treat our athletes uh, in, in not softer, but, but are we as consumers of sports being more thoughtful in our evaluation of athletes and athletes' actions on and off the field, or is that just you and I because we talk about these things as a whole? Yeah, no, I, I, I take your question. I think, I think there's, there's something, there's something to that, that the, the machismo of, of professional, of professional athletes is something that is, is being exposed as, as maybe more sort of mythology than fact, in a million different ways. Right. right? Um, the concussion stuff is part of it. The, you know, some of the, the, the contracts that have come out of player uh, organization negotiations seem to reflect more willingness on the players to, to sort of, instead of embracing this, nothing hurts me sort of attitude, sort of tipping a cap toward the fact that they're, that they're human and they have, you know, have had physical and mental and mental limitations. Um, do you think that, that being said, we talked about this in the last podcast, man, that there's still there's still this this culture of intense competitiveness and it's hard to it's hard to shake those two things, right? As long as as long as you're you're playing a game where where there's a winner and a loser, um competitive edge and and competitive drive are going to are going to are going to matter. Do you think that I guess yeah, they matter, but can you mix those two together and still have still be sufficiently competitive? You know what I mean? Do they have to be mutually exclusive? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think they have to be. I mean, I'm more of the. I'm more of the. Uh, on the side of. The, the NFL needs to needs to zoom out considerably and figure out who gets suspended and for what. Um, there was a, a a meme on Facebook or Twitter 
um, the other day that that's just about what players who have been suspended and, and, and what they've been, been suspend, suspended for and just kind of pointing at those um, those inconsistencies. It's bizarre that a, a, a Richie Incognito is still in the NFL, whereas jo- Josh Gordon is probably gone after this. Yeah, I, for I sure. assume he's uh, if, if he comes back, I, I think it would be a, a freaking miracle. Um, how many? I, I, I read this stat too, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But he's been in the league for like seven years, but he's only played in you know like three years worth of games or or something like that. He's missed missed just tons and tons of of playing time um, for a dude who who could have been a a massive star. But you look at other other places where there there could be suspensions and and seemingly nothing comes of it. I don't know. Um, maybe Deflategate is a good example of this or video cheating scandal. Once again, the Patriots are being accused of, of videotaping something they're not they're not supposed to. Um, if we're more concerned about kicking a, a Josh Gordon out of the league, who's who's got a problem um, with drugs, and and we're not as concerned with people who are actually cheating and affecting the competitive balance of games, um, it seems like the priorities are are jacked up. And a, a zoom out might help that. I think so too. I think so too. Do you think that that's? Um, I guess we can apply this this same process or what's going on the same you know situation at the much larger scale and talk about society as a whole in particular our society but i think other societies as well right i think a lot of people say that being progressive means being soft or getting softer you know being able to have thoughtful conversations about things like race and gender etc etc there's a conservative uh, uh criticism of of that progression that calls it being soft and i think that we can apply what's going on in sport in the commentary about what's going on in sports uh, to to better understanding things that are happening here in the United States, but also in, in various European countries. I didn't mean to make that that connection, but I think it's pretty yeah. much there, right? But I, I'm wondering, my point being, is the progressiveness going to... I mean, at what point does the conservatism just not matter anymore? And the progressiveness just becomes the way things are? Because I, I tend to believe, I guess I take this this idealistic viewpoint which is that pro- progress will eventually just you know not mute but change the minds of a lot of conservatives or at least you know uh weed out that conservative viewpoint and again i'm, I'm not necessarily even talking about politics when we're talking about mm-hmm. progressivism and, and and conservatism but you understand what i'm saying like you know we're talking about concussions now in sports in the same way that we're talking about you know gender gen, a gender spectrum uh, at the social level and those are two conversations that weren't happening really in the mainstream 15 20 years ago but now they are so maybe yeah. are we moving more towards progress i guess that's my point yeah no i i think there's lots of evidence of that this is a thing i've said on the podcast a bunch of times but i'll say it again that you, you go back 100 years and the most popular sports in the united states were not you know, basketball and, and football, they were, they were boxing and horse racing. Yeah. You know, I mean, like the landscape can change. Everyone sort of thinks that the way things are is the way things that they are going to continue to be, that everything has staying power, but it's just not true. Um, and the, the, the culture, the cultural shift, um, what, what you just talked about is sort of a progressive cultural shift. And again, not, not politically progressive or politically conservative, but socially more progressive views on things like the value of cooperation over competition or the, the health risks that we, that we uh, uh, subject our, our children to in things like youth football, for example, I think, I think the landscape is, is, is changing before us. The media landscape of how we consume our sports, all of those things are probably uh, not good for hyper masculine, violent, 
contact slash collision sort of sports. I think that you're seeing a general move against that. And at a, at a certain point, you know, it, it, minus some sort of large change, I, I don't think it's got, I don't think it's got staying power. I could be wrong about that too, but. I think you can do both though. I mean, I think that there can be that violence, but have that violence be left on the field. I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I Maybe like I football. Would. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to see it go, but I, I think we have more and more. This is, this is ah, not as a bad analogy. It's just too, too, too dorky. Um, I don't know. You got more and more parents. You don't let their kids play football at a certain point. The, the product suffers. Yeah, that's true. Like, we, you've seen this sort of push push and pull, the kind of tension between, I mean, just the stuff we were talking about before, player safety, concussions, that sort of stuff, the move against, I mean, you got a bunch of football purists who say that the, the, the lack of contact practices means the quality of the game has gone down. Um, all the, the, the safety-oriented rules that make it really hard to play defense, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, at a certain point, you get to, I don't know, maybe a watered-down version of the game that people aren't going to, aren't going to put up with, or uh, maybe you get some, some version of it that really is actually safer. I don't know what that looks like a speed limit or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that's kind of funny. It's it. Yeah. Maybe we just like power walking the power walking version of football. And maybe I, I think if we say we evolve beyond football, that has, that sounds a little bit pretentious. Yeah. It sounds pretty pretentious for sure. But I guess in my viewpoint, we can, in my view, it's not hard to, from this particular angle, uh, understand why f- soccer is so popular across the globe. Not just because it's a relatively cheap, you know, uh, sport to enter into, but it's not really, you know, barbaric. Yeah, as as much as as football is. There's but. Some, there's some good arguments that are not about safety or or hyper competitiveness that as to why football is not the best that I think are just true too. Um, that may explain ratings drops and that sort of stuff. I, 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 another stat that I'm going to butcher because I don't remember it exactly, but I know a normal football game is like three hours, right? The the amount of time that people are actually doing something on the field is like eight minutes or something. It's not. The, the Hockey is more action-packed. Soccer is more action-packed. I mean, there may be fewer uh, – there, there's less scoring, but there's a lot of standing around doing nothing in football games. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I want yeah. this is uh. Remember that um, there's a a national ultimate frisbee league that was trying to get off the ground a few years ago. We joked on the podcast about uh, dropping an investment early on. You know, uh-huh. pulling together five hundred bucks to be a part owner of a team or whatever. And that's their sort of argument. Like it's cheap, it's accessible, it's safe, it's it's action packed, and at at its core, it's essentially football. Yeah. I mean, ultimate for it is. It is. It is. And I, I don't know if it's ever gonna gonna take over, but it's. I mean, there's some some really athletic stuff happening, oh. and you do it without without the benefit of you know killing people. <sighs> I wonder what's gonna happen. Let's move beyond football though, because I know that you got to go to a, a kid's birthday party, or sorry, you got to not hurt somebody at your child's holiday party. <laughs> so uh, we talked about Josh Gordon. Well, let's jump into Patrick Reed because that wasn't. I I just don't like Patrick Reed, so it's. it's I think that uh, it's a pretty common opinion that you have there. Yeah, widely shared opinion. I didn't, widely held opinion. I didn't send you the uh, article from ESPN about Patrick Reed. Being Patrick Reed remains complicated, but I was reading that. Just uh he's the most hated player by other players on tour. I think I think we discussed this last year when 
ESPN, the magazine did, did a, a review or a, a survey of the most hated player. And he was by far uh, heads and tails or heads, heads above everybody else, head and tails above everybody else. Um, but yeah, he had a shitty president's cup. He, he got his ass whooped. Uh, the Americans got their ass whooped for several days and then somehow fixed it. Um, Tiger was awesome though. Um, but yeah, Patrick Reed cheated. Is that correct, Brian? He cheated. And then he not at the president's cup at the tournament before. Oh, it was the tournament before. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. They were all in like the Bahamas or something. That's where he cheated. Uh, Oh yeah. 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 Okay. It was a very, did you watch the video? It's like a very, uh, you know, Saturday golfing with your buddies sort of move that I really didn't think I would ever see in professional golf. I didn't even look at it. Uh, Oh, you didn't see it. No, 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 no. He just, he just had a bad lie in the sand trap. I'm watching it now. And he grounds his club and he pulls the sand away from behind. It was basically like he was kind of on a downhill Whoa. line and he scooped out the back twice. What? A, so he could get. Isn't that terrible? I should have actually done some research for this show. Yeah. Um. I, I should. And he was like, he was like the camera angles really bad. It was an accident. I didn't do it on purpose. Dude. He obviously did it on purpose. Dude. Absolutely. 100% did it on purpose. Jeez. I don't know how you think you can get away with that. I, I mean, it's on TV. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's not even like, don't say that it was an accident. Like I, yeah, like, I would have, I would, I would like it more if he was like, yeah, I totally was cheating. Sorry about that. Well, I mean, you and I have played together. We've played with, with friends who are in bunkers and the most amateur of golfers don't ground their club. They know not, no, you know, not to ground your club. Oh my God. Wow. 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 But it wasn't even like he grounded his club in a way that did nothing. I mean, he deliberately was improving his lie. Oh yeah. This is, this is a, the cover up is worse than the crime. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If he was like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I did it. Did you did you see the rest of the stuff that happened at the President's Cup though? Uh with his caddy. So they're in Australia and his brother-in-law is his caddy. Yeah. And the fans are giving it to him the entire time, calling him a cheater. Yeah. And I think they were genu- genuinely upset, right? There's there's controversy over this. A lot of a lot of PGA players were were very unhappy. They they, they didn't like his explanation, they didn't like his excuse. I don't know if it's too late to pull him off the President's Cup team or whatever. Maybe maybe they should have done that. Um but apparently a a, a fan was really barking at at Reed and his and his caddy, his brother-in-law, and I don't. But depending on the count that you read, that he either pushed this dude or punched him in the face. But he had to play his last round with someone else on his bag. Yeah, because his his brother-in-law caddy got kicked out of the tournament. What a douche! Yeah. So, what are the other players? How are the other players responding to it? They just they didn't like what the caddy did. The, the... Um, I don't. I didn't read much response to that, but the players definitely did not. I mean, like that's just you can't do that. Can't cheat, man. You can't cheat. You can't. What you also just can't. Like fuck that. This this came out. You know, remember was a year ago or so. Maybe the book came out about how Donald Trump cheats at golf all the time. Yeah. And there was a dude who I can't remember. Some big reporter, uh, big big sports name. God, I'm killing myself. I can't remember his name. He wrote this thing that was like why it matters that that Donald Donald Trump cheated at golf, and it was not about like why it's bad that a president would cheat. Excuse me, sneeze. I didn't get to the mute button quick enough. You're good. Hold on. You don't have to mute it. 
Whoa, I'm back. I've been sniffing um, the whole time. And, and this dude made the argument that I thought was, you know, have your own views about the president and or our now impeached president and and if he's a good dude or not. All that stuff notwithstanding, this article, I'll have to find this and we can post it, um, was about why, from a golf perspective, golf cheaters are a really big deal. And and he made some pretty compelling arguments about why um, the, the culture of golf uh, uh, amateur, you know, middle school, high school, even college – um, golf, just like tennis, right, is is self self regulated. You played golf in high school, right? There's not an official watching what you do. Right, you watch yourself, and you watch the person you're paired with. They kind of watch you, but you can't watch everything they're doing. If you're on the other side of the fairway, you're not going to be able to see if they improve their lie. The same is true in tennis, right? If you're playing high school tennis. There's not officials for all the games. You're calling ins and outs and that sort of stuff. Let's and that's yourself. Um, the culture is sort of uh, is based on there's there's an expectation in golf that you're um, following the rules and and that can change right if you're playing weekend golf with your buddies when you and I played golf you know uh, maybe you say oh the the conditions are really shitty the ground's frozen you can improve your lie a little bit as long as you're playing within the the sort of conventions of the group that you're playing with you're fine um, but above and beyond that to gain a competitive edge on a game that's designed to be sort of self censor uh, or self regulated that there's something deeply problematic about that from a golf perspective. And I think that's why, you know, I don't think these players are saying fuck Patrick Reed because he cheated and that gave him an edge. I think they're saying it's disrespectful to sort of the, the ethos of the game. Yeah. 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 For yeah, sure. It's no, no, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Brian? Oh, I'm uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought, I thought maybe you'd cut out. I don't know. You no, have more I'm of a guy. I, I play golf. I play a lot of golf, but you, but you have more of a background in golf for me. I don't know if that, if that argument resonates, I'll have to find it. It's much more eloquent. And I'm also not giving this person credit. It says a lot about somebody if they're going to cheat. It says a lot with golf because you're, as, as, as you're saying, as you're talking about here, it, it shows a lack of discipline. It shows a lack of self-policing because you're, it's basically just you out there. But yeah, I mean, if, if it's winter Dude, kill, if, Rick if Riley the course conditions thing, are wet, yeah, no, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, that's that's different. Improving your lie when everybody else is improving their lie, and you understand that you know it's really wet out there and it's muddy, and we got to improve our lie. Like that's 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 different than you know moving your ball from behind a tree when nobody else is paying attention. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. the old foot wedge, the old foot wedge. But also, I mean, some of the stuff that Trump has been been accused of doing. But I mean, like Patrick Reed, what he did. I think that that's just crappy, man. That's that's clearly cheating, and to not admit well, is a problem. And if you're playing weekend golf with a bunch of dudes that are, you know, double digit handicaps, yeah, yeah, and you and you guys are all, you know, like don't make it hard on yourself. Yeah. Some of these shots you just don't have in your bag. Yeah, a downhill lie out of a pot bunker is not a shot that you have. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, ground your club a little bit. I don't care, but not a freaking. Did he win the Masters, right? Did he win the Masters? I think he did. He won. Did he, he won something. Isn't that terrible? He's a multiple time PGA winner. Like, yeah. figure out how to hit it out of the bunker, bro. Oh my god, I know. I just can't stand him. And there's the reason why other players can't stand him. This is obviously part of it. I would assume. I mean, players won't won't. There's like an uh, unwritten rule. You don't necessarily call out your your colleagues. Your your competitors as cheaters right this is the, obviously the the tv was able to show this but yeah. but i guess we can probably assume that part of the reason why reed is one of the is the least like player by other players is he probably cheats and he's probably cheated and other players have seen it 
right? They're going to, they're, you know, and rules officials haven't caught it, but I'm sure that players know that, oh, you shouldn't have a good lie when you're in three foot tall switchgrass, but somehow, yeah. you know, you've, you've found your ball and, and you can hit, hit it out of there, uh, in, as opposed to, you know, having to punch it out. But yeah, yeah. this is importantly, this is not like a weird golf technicality that he got, you know, that he was unaware of or didn't realize what he was doing or something, you know, one of those silly sort of took a practice swing and the ball kind of moved a little bit, even though they changed the rules on that. It's it's not one of those things. It was a deliberate attempt to improve your lie. So, I mean, I think, I think the response is sort of uh, on par with uh, no pun intended, the, the, the degree of the violation, right? Yeah. How serious the violation was. It's, I don't think if it, if it was some, if it was some silliness or if it was, like who's the other dude they hate because he plays so slow? It's not DeChambeau, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, There's a dude all, all all summer was getting a hard time because you know he's walking the distance on his chips five times and he's just taking twenty minutes to hit. Huh? I'm not sure who it is. I don't know. In any case, yeah. like that's sort of you're violating the sort of norm of not taking up too much time or, or, or that like, don't stand behind something, you know, whatever talking in a backswing, all those sort of unwritten rule stuff. That's different. This is, you know, <laughs> an actual attempt to, uh, it is Bryson DeChambeau who plays too slow. Oh, I did not know that. Huh. Who has a, I, he has a bad reputation on the, on the tour for deliberately playing super slow. Oh, I hate people who play slow. Just play fast. Get it done. Um, ready golf, baby. ready golf. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to close up shop here because I've got to go blow my nose and I've got no, I've got nowhere to blow my nose. No it's running down my face. <laughs> I, I feel like I am a, a, a four-year-old right now. Oh my God, dude. Ugh. All right. Be shrades. Well, to all of our wonderful listeners out there, make sure that you enter into our college pick em. Did you do that yet? I did. You're in. Okay. We have I'm in. We've got quite a few. So let's I'm gonna make one more push today to get some people in there because the bowl games start manana. Just like yeah. that. Just like that. Football is uh college football is here. Um I took a suff I took, suffered a loss this week in fantasy football. Did not make the finals. Kind of pissed off about that. Jared Ellis, uh Kenyon Drake is never gonna do that again. FYI. <laughs> four touchdowns or something oh yeah. my god brutal but it's a close game too it was close it was close uh beyond that i've got nothing to share brian Schrader. happy holidays to everybody yeah and i'm sure that you and i will talk soon we will all right goodbye Later, dude. see ya you just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds